Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Love it. And we love the radioactive mm-hmm. Poppy because we have sure. a buddy who goes by Poppy and we sometimes yeah. call each other Poppy. Mm-hmm. So it's the Poppy show here. It's mm-hmm. the Poppy show. You know, it's the poppiest of all poppies on the Poppy show. <laughs> yeah, we're, pop, we're poppy seed. That's right. You ready? Let's do it. Buster Boys, episode 25. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hello, all you people. 25 episodes. I guess this is a bit of a milestone of sorts. If 100 is an entire pizza, we've eaten a quarter of it. You know, and like eating that much of a pizza is usually like sometimes never enough. It's like borderline enough or never enough. Yeah. But if you eat like a little bit more, you're going to get way too full, like pizza full. Well, it depends if it's a, grease. So for frozen pizza, yeah, I feel yeah. like I can at least get a half in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually try and keep a half, you get some leftovers. But yeah, you're talking real pizza. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. But yeah, 25 episodes. Uh, spent some time today reflecting. Uh, what a wild ride it's been. And uh, can't wait to see where it takes us next. Yeah, and 25, it's silver, right? That is correct. The yeah. John Silver, Silver. anniversary. Excellent. It was a huge part of this podcast in its early days and, you know, coming back from injury now. So we're looking to for- feature uh, Mr. Hungy yeah. more soon. And he was fun on Dynamite this week for the little time he got. Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah. Yes, he was. But, uh, yeah, so uh, just want to thank uh, our good buddy, Alex Marvez, uh, for coming on last week, for popping our interview cherry, so to speak. Uh, what a guy, what a time. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed every second. Gave a lot of good stories, a lot of good advice. Really surprised he's never seen Demolition Man. Oh, I hopefully, know. Hope, Shocking. Yeah, hopefully next time we talk to him, he'll he'll have seen it. I've given him homework. Yes, you have. Yes, yeah. you have. But yeah, great. Like you said, great stories. Good to hear about his relationship with Tony Khan. And yeah, that was really interesting stuff. Only uh-huh. been wearing glasses for about five or six years. The biggest brain buster on your mind. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, um, we had to call the hospital janitors. It was that bad. Mm, Hazmat. Clean up on aisle five. Terrifying. Uh, but yes, thanks again, Alex Marvez, and uh, we'll see you on the road, hopefully. Uh, Fingers crossed. Milwaukee. And uh, thank you again to McAllister's Deli uh, for the wonderful gifts you sent us. Yeah. And, uh, why don't you uh, tell the listeners about kind of the connection from several months ago with okay. this? Okay, so let's just break down our gifts here. We got those these two little phone discs. Yeah. That holds your phone up. If circle you're, phone. Yeah, thing. yeah. If you're yeah. like, you know, watching something while yeah. you eat, you know. Um, nice little trinket. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, something interesting. And then... Um, something there, very interesting. Yeah, yeah something really interesting. I, I have no idea what it is. It's more like a nice little 
plastic case with uh, a squeegee of sorts that you pull out of like a little it, tube. It, it's, it, it's used to clean. It looks very functional, you know, something that you could dust a keyboard or... Yeah, yeah, you know. or, or like you insert into something that's too small for like a towel Maybe or something. Maybe a pipe cleaner uh, of Yeah, sorts. pipe cleaner. I bet Smack Boyle could use one oh, of those. Oh, yeah. Well, and that thing also is about the same size that you would put a joint in. Yeah, so again, a very nice all-purpose... Paraphernalia. ...thing here. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. it is. And then, and here's then, where the real story comes yes, in. Yes, yes, there are these... Um, gray socks, and this is their hashtag sweet sips summer yeah. thing. So yes. we'll, we'll give that a shout out. That's Absolutely. kind of part of this. Yes. Um, and they're gray, you know, work socks, and they have little orange uh, tump glasses. I don't know if they're tumblers or they're plastic cups of tea. I'm looking yeah. at them right now. Really nice, fun socks. Um, could use a pair like that. But here's how they came about. Um, they were doing another sweet tea promotion back in February. Mm -hmm. um, and you and, were all over. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they did one of those Q&A, like the sweet talk that's, that Cinnabon's done that we've been a part of. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so McAllister's um, asks if you could get like one gift for Valentine's I think it was for Valentine's Day. Like what would be the coolest thing you can get? And I was like, man, you know, I think a really great pair of wool socks would just do me <laughs> wonderful right now. <laughs> And so, you know, these socks come in the mail, I don't think of anything. And we tweet out the pics. We're like, yeah. hey, guys, thanks a lot. Yeah. You know, our partnership is, you know, uh, is fun. Which we'll share again yeah. so you guys can see it. Maybe we'll take the little squeegee thing out. Yeah, too. yeah, and like sort of break down. But sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, anyway, so, you know, we say thank you. And then McAllister's digs up a tweet of ours from then yeah. where I talked about the wool socks and they're like, did you like them? And I'm like, holy shit. Which is tremendous. Yeah, it is. It was unbelievable. So, and Oh, God, sorry. I was going to say it's, you know, really cool that they, that they know that or that they remember that, you know, very nice personal touch. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, McAllister's is our, is our homeboy and I hope we are theirs. And they won Alex Marvez's restaurant wars of the they focus did. brands group, which don't get us wrong. We love all the focus brands mm -hmm. in the family. And even you too, Carvel. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, McAllister's has, uh, been just wonderful. And look at the package there. It's just addressed to Brett and Beaumont. Yeah. Flat out. Love it. Beautiful. From, Maggie Schiller. Thank you, Maggie Schiller. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the the mystery, the next mystery. And we certainly will be calling our local McAllister's Deli and, franchisee. Did you see what city this is from? No. Atlanta, Georgia. Oh yeah, the home of the, yeah. the Focus Brands. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. With, yeah, I think we determined that several, many, wow. many moons ago. But well, yeah, it all goes all back. All the connections. It all goes back to the peach tree. That's correct. City. I ate a couple peaches today. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah, thank you again, McAllister's, and really the whole family of Focus Brands. Stupendous. We love, we love you. Wonderful. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll be contacting our local franchisee for some sponsorship opportunities. You know it. Yeah, but until then, um, go eat at those places. Go eat at Focus Brand places. Yeah. Otherwise, you must be living a sad, desperate existence. Go get yourself a country potato and some tea. Yeah. Sounds tremendous. It is. And what else is tremendous is uh, we're doing our John Silver anniversary with our first wrestler interview, uh, one Daniel Limelight. Uh, yes. What were some of your nicknames for him? Or no, wait, we sh maybe we no, should no, no, spoil. No, well, no, these were nicknames actually that I received from my AEW outsider sources. Oh, much yes. Much like the Marvez ones. That I have correct. some sources on the outside of, AD, of AEW that let me know yes. the alternate names that they're used to call people. But there's one that I le left off the list. Oh, wow. Um, and should we save it until after the interview? Uh, 
Or should we do it? Yeah, let's save it. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, now you're going to be excited to hear what these are. And, yeah, yeah. and I'll tell you, I didn't know what they were, and I was literally geeking out. So uh, I hope you will too. Yeah, yeah. No, this this last one was actually my favorite one, <laughs> but uh, I I, I kind of didn't do it. Yeah, let's know? save it. Yeah, we'll save but, it. But yeah, Danny Limelight, very fun guy, confident guy for sure. You know, definitely a rising star on the indies. Um, I'm sure, you know, in about a year or two, he's uh, he's probably going to be uh, lifted off from where he's at now. And, uh, yeah, just uh, great talking to him while he was in his pool in uh, Southern California. Oh, yeah. yeah and, um, you know, he had a great showing against Mr. Very Upset, Ethan Page, which, uh, which we'll get more into. Yeah, yeah, no, we had a... We had a but a, I guess a, not yeah. that. Let's talk about that match, as we kind of just briefly mentioned it yeah. last week, because we don't really get into dark elevation on here. But, yeah. Ethan Page was very upset. From, from the get-go. Against Danny Limelight, yeah. Yeah, he, he immediately told Paul Turner to go to hell, I yeah. think, or something like just, that. Just right yeah, off the incensed. bat. Incensed. What else did he do? Did oh, he, he um, right before he beats Limelight, when he puts him in, what, like, some move where he lifts him up like a... And drop. Yeah, yeah like he calls it the Ego's he, Edge. Yeah, the Ego's Edge. Which is yeah. based off Razor Ramon's Razor's Edge gotcha. or the Outsider's Edge when he was Scott Hall. Yeah, so he pulls that move on Limelight. You know, you know Limelight, like the match is kind of over then based on the flow of it. Um, and right before he, do, actually right before he does it, he looks into the crowd, he's booing him, and he goes, Kiss my ass! <laughs> God, just so upset. Like, what happened to that guy earlier that day? Yeah. Like, when he went to get his McAllister's for lunch. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah, we heard he loves the catering at AEW, as Alex Marvez said. But, yeah, we'll definitely get more into Mr. Very Upset. But, uh... Until then, enjoy this uh, fun conversation with Danny Limelight. to the Brain Buster Boys interview with the radioactive poppy, Danny Limelight. Danny, we are so thrilled to have you. You're our first wrestler interview, and you will always go down in Brain Buster Boys lore for that. Love the little shimmy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. Me hinted, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be your first wrestling guest. It's an honor to be on the mm. podcast. Now, I'm out here just enjoying the beautiful weather. I'm in L.A. right now. In the jacuzzi, the pool's right here. It's nice and warm. You know, it feels good, man. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Heck yeah, heck yeah. We're good, man. But yeah, uh, right. hey, just wanted to kind of dive in. You know, watched a you know a good amount of your matches in AEW and New Japan, and you know here watch my, my favorite is the one with Kanosuke Takeshita. It's just my favorite match too. <laughs> hey, you already answered a question for me, but yeah. like yeah. that was amazing. I've seen a little of him in DDT, and just hearing Paul White on commentary talk about your martial arts background, Marine Corps, kind of just talk about the path you've had in life and wrestling right. to kind of get you where you're at today. Yeah, man, it's been, it's been a hell of a year, first and foremost, um, from, you know, looking back at June 2020, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, making my debut in New Japan, and, you know, months later, hopping over to AEW, and then becoming a mainstay on their programming, and really kind of becoming one of the faces of, you know, elevation and, Things yeah. of that nature, you know, um, having great matches, you know, with people like Kanosuke Takeshita that he brought up, one of my good friends and a, a great opponent, or, you know, my matches with guys like John Moxley and Kenny Omega and, and things of that nature. It's really, you know, being the first 
ever match on Elevation, the Jungle Boy, you know? Yeah. With, with yeah. you know, Paul White on commentary. You know, he's a great man. Somebody that I had met years before, you know, and he did that sit-down interview with me, and we got to talking and stuff like that, man. It's really just been, been an awesome experience overall, and I'm excited to see what's next. Heck yeah. Well, yeah, every time we see you and I, you know, I was kind of hearing your name in the last year or two, but I wasn't too familiar with the Indies, but every time we see right. you, you're entertaining as hell, mm -hmm. you're Thank eye catching, you. you can have great matches with any opponents. Um, so I kind of, you already kind of answered the question of favorite match, but yeah, uh, what my favorite match would be definitely, you know, if we said Kanosuke Takeshita, but I think a close second and third would be my match with uh, John Moxley. And yeah. my, match with, my match with Kenny Omega on Dynamite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, but I was going to ask, which when you were growing up, which wrestlers did you idolize and kind of who has influenced your style the most? Well, I mean, people that have heard me talk before, seen my interviews and things of that nature, they know already, you know, The Rock and Eddie Guerrero were the two people that inspired me the most professional nice. wrestling. As far as my style, um, I kind of practiced and worked really hard on my promo work because of The Rock. I knew that every time The Rock was on screen, he was going to electrify. He was going to sell out, you know, sell out arenas, sell you into a match. Um, and whenever Eddie Guerrero was in the ring, you knew he was going to get a hell of a, of a performance, a hell of a wrestler, a hell of a match. So those were the two guys that I really kind of was drawn to the most. And, and definitely if people have been watching me the last year, for sure, they could definitely see a lot of Eddie. They see a lot of, you know, my promo work is definitely tailored towards The Rock's with the catchphrases and the insults and things of that nature. So love it. And we love the radioactive mm -hmm. Poppy because we have sure. a buddy who goes by Poppy and we sometimes yeah. call each other Poppy. So it's the Poppy show here. It's the Poppy show. You know, it's the poppiest of all poppies in the Poppy show. <laughs> yeah. we're, pop, we're Poppy seeds, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be something, I might as well be a Poppy, right? Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, uh, Danny, uh, so... When it comes to AEW, how did they kind of discover you and how did you start to form a relationship with them? I mean, I know a lot of the guys there from, you know, the SoCal wrestling independent scene. If you think about SoCal wrestling, you know, the Bucks are from SoCal, Crystal Daniels, Frank Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, you know, um, a lot of people that are there came from Southern California. Peter Avalon is another one, you know, Jungle Boy. Um, the list goes on and on. SoCal is one of the hottest wrestling scenes there is. Um, so I know a lot of guys there, Brian Cage, you know, um, Brian Cage is actually the one that was responsible for me getting there. He was the one that kind of put in the good word for me, okay. you know, to the people that were in charge cool. of that got me a chance, but really, you know, um, it was because of my new Japan strong performances, you know, working, uh, my feud with Rocky Romero being part of team filthy, yep. um, matches that I would have in there, the lions break crown tournament, going all the way to the finals and having a match of the year candidate with Clark Connors, you know, those were, you know, um, the, what got me to the dance. That's what got me to the dance, mm -hmm. if you will. And uh, when they contacted me, you know, I went out there, I showed up, showed out, you know, had two great matches. And then when I came back from there on out, it was pretty much just singles matches. Yeah. You know, Russell Brandon Cutler, you know, Matt Seidel, Brian King, Matt Seidel again, my banger with Ray Phoenix. Yeah. And you know, they just kept giving me opportunities to showcase who I was and what I could do. And I just wanted to capitalize on every opportunity, stand out, steal the show. And as you can see for the last however many months now, um, whenever I'm on TV, I'm, I'm the one to watch. At least that's how I try to keep it. You sure are. I agree. You watched the Phoenix match last night. Yeah, I love the spot where you guys did the running rope walk to get like, again, <laughs> yeah, that, that shit. Cool. You do, like you usually see one person doing it, but two and right. kind of fighting in it. And then when he super kicked you, when you came off the top, woo -wee. insane, man. Ray Phoenix is one of my best friends. First and foremost, that's me and Mano. Um, but he's one of the best 
wrestlers in the world. He's definitely right now today the best luchador in the universe, in my opinion. And, you know, just getting in the ring with somebody like him, he really brings that fight out of you. He really brings that level of competition up, you know. Um, he's somebody who's very good on the ring, on the ropes, in the air. You know, he can do it all. And, you know, stepping into that, that match, that was, you know, um, a big fight for me. It was one of my dream matches, a one-on-one -on -one with him that I had never had. We had wrestled on the Indies a couple times, but never one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I gave him a good match and I, I myself performed the way I needed to perform so that way I could keep, you know, coming back, if you will. And you talked about the walk, the, the rope walk. I've never yep. seen that done ever in yeah. wrestling, ever. You know, if somebody has seen it done before, please send me the link. But yeah. I think that was the first time that it was done. And it felt like, you know, ultimate gladiators, you know, just yeah. coming onto the beam and just fighting each other uh -huh. out. Yeah. Boom. And then, you know, I took him off with a high knee and then I spring, spring went for my DDT and he super kicked me in midair. It, it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. It was an and amazing I, finish to an amazing match. Yes. And I think and I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a numbers guy. So I went, you know, when the match when the match aired, I went it was the most viewed match. I think in the first day it had like 30 something thousand views. Yeah. Um, so it was great, man. It did really well. When I so I'm oh, I've been a diehard wrestling fan my most of my life. Bo's kind of just been getting into it. But one thing for me with wrestling, and you know this better than anyone, is you have to stand out and do different things. And like right. that's what I've noticed from you is mm. you you are different. The rope, like you said, no one's done that. And I think that's how yeah. you really stand out. But back to that super kick, looked like it really hurt. And I know Bo has a question for you kind of along those lines. Yeah, this yeah, is, um, sure. I guess, I, guess um, I always ask this question, always meaning twice, since this is our second interview. So definitely. <laughs> um, so uh, what is the hardest move or the biggest bump you have ever taken? Oh, man. Um... The V trigger suck. Yeah, I can imagine. Especially yeah, if he, especially a, if he hits you with like eight of them. Oh, that's like Kenny a hard put, knee too. Kenny, yeah. Kenny put me to sleep with the V trigger in our six man main event match on Elevation one time. Oh, um, oh was no, that the one with Takeshita uh, in it as well? Takeshita. Yeah, in, I yeah. watched. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Absolutely. Yeah, that one. Um, the biggest bump, man. Uh, Ethan Page's Eagles Edge. That shit. That shit rocked <laughs> me this week. Yeah, um, we, but on the, we, we, on the independent that. scene, you know, there was this one crazy match on the Indies in 2016. I got thrown off a balcony, you oh, know, shit. <laughs> in, a, in a gymnasium. Yeah, that was insane. Wow. Or maybe in uh, San Diego when Eli Everfly Hurricane Ronnie me off the top of a ladder on the outside of the ring onto the floor. That shit sucked. <laughs> I, 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 I put my body through a lot of shit over the years, so those mm. are some of the biggest bumps ever. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, of anything else that that really stands out. Um, I can't, I can't think if Takesha has a mean blue thunder bomb. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way he whipped your, like, you yeah. know, I know, see Sammy Zayn and WWE does it a lot, but like his was next level. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Um, so, you know, you were kind of talking like the last year, really, you've kind of popped off. Yeah. So, more than anything, was COVID and the pandemic really almost like a blessing in disguise for your career to kind of get you uh, noticed, to yep. get you opportunities? 100%. I think if it wasn't for the COVID, you know, I still would have made my dues. I still would have, you know, made some noise, but it wouldn't have been this big. I think that COVID kind of allowed me to stand out from everybody else because, you know, a lot of people couldn't wrestle because of COVID or they had family members they had to take care of or, or jobs and money and things like that. So, I, you know, I had the financial freedom and I was able to, to grind and to take those trips and to really kind of bet on myself and go all in 
if you will, for lack of a better term, on, on professional wrestling. And it was the best decision I ever made. It was truly a blessing. And, you know, AEW gave me a platform and, to, to showcase who Danny Limelight is. And, and that's what I wanted to do. And we're seeing it. We're okay. seeing it and we love it. Um, so, you know, we've already talked about some of your favorite matches. Um, what, what would you say are kind of some of your dream matches that haven't happened that you would, you know, would be the dream opponent for Danny Limelight? Well, I definitely want to go one-on-one with Kenny Omega. Um, I've been in the ring with him twice now. We have amazing chemistry. Every time we're in the ring, we steal the show. Um, so one-on-one match with Kenny Omega would be insane. But somebody that I've never wrestled before that I want to wrestle is Pac. I think mm. Pac's one of the oh. best wrestlers around. Oh, yeah. I think me and Pac would kill it. Um, another one would be Buddy Murphy, you know, or formerly yep. known as Buddy Murphy. He's insane. Yep. Um, JT Dunn on the Indies. Jay White from New Japan. Oh, yeah. Love him. Those are just some of the guys at the top of my head. That so that I would like. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been doing a lot with New Japan Strong here in America, but have you wrestled for them over in Japan yet? I have not had the opportunity to go to Japan and wrestle yet. It's always been here in, in America and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully when, when things get back to normal, I'll be able to go out to Japan and wrestle out there. I know you can't say, but any chance we may see you in the best of the Super Juniors this year, perhaps? I don't know, man. Hopefully. I think that, you know, if you think of Super Juniors, you know, um, I think I'm one of the – I'm definitely the hottest free agent right now. I, I would agree. Says, yeah. You know, that, that, you know, that hasn't been signed to a major promotion full, full term, you know. Um, I think that that would be – something that, that I deserve. Um, we will see, though. You know, I'm sure there are people that may think otherwise, but that is one of my goals, best of Super Junior. PWG is one of my goals. Oh, yeah. um, so we'll see. Yeah, me and a buddy of mine have been talking about best of Super Juniors. I don't even know if they've announced anything yet, but we've been talking, like, they got to be bringing some guys over from AEW, from Strong. And, like, as soon as I thought, I'm like, you would be a perfect fit. And I – would just Thank love you. to see you go head to head with the likes of Hiromu and Desperado and all those guys, man. It would be wild. It'd be a great time. You know, those are some very, very top level competitors. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, hey, we had uh, we got a couple fan questions in. One of them was from our good friend High Five Tom. He asks, uh, "What is your favorite building to work, and what about it makes it so special?" Man, Daly's place is awesome. Just that feel, the way the sun hits over the horizon, the way it's all set up, man, the stage, everything about Daly's place. I, I spent a lot of time there this last year, kind yeah. of fell in love with the building. Um, the, you know, the arena where we shoot the New Japan Strong yep. buildings is a fun place to wrestle at. Um, yeah, my dream place to wrestle for High Five Tom would be Madison Square Garden. Heck yeah. Mm. The pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to go to a show there too. Um Let's see. I had something else here, but you got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are coming. Um, the news just came out today that AEW, that dynamite is coming to Queens, I believe. Yeah. Arthur yeah. Ashe. Yeah. First, first wrestling event ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pretty wild. Exciting. Excellent. Uh, Bo, I know you had a question kind of about his character. Oh, and yeah, yeah, how... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we skipped that one. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, in terms of creating and developing your character, uh, Danny Limelight, sort of how, um, involved are you in that sort of where do you see that kind of going in the next year uh next oh, man it's all me Danny Limelight every every evolution of Danny Limelight everything that I've yeah. done with my career so far has been all me 100 percent um I've received guidance from people like David Marquez people like Aaron Stevens um mm -hmm. I received guidance from from a few other people you know that have helped me along the way 
but mostly it's been me. Um, oh. You know, when you think limelight, you think of the biggie line. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to yep. get paid, blow up like the world trade. You know, yep. Kanye West's verse, you know, she'll yeah. do anything for the limelight. We'll do anything when the time's right. So yep. I, I think of like that, that bigger than life feel, that spotlight center of attention. Um, the radioactive poppy, like we talked about, it does stem from Spider-Man's radioactive genes. The poppy comes from Eddie Guerrero and for me being Puerto Rican. I just put it all together. Honestly, man, I'm just being myself, man. Um, cool. It's definitely been a long evolution, a long journey to find this, 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 this mold that I like. Yeah. I like where I'm at right now. I have some ideas for the future, but we'll talk about that when the time comes. Heck yeah. I'd say you're doing it pretty well. And, yeah. you know, you hear in wrestling interviews, whatever, like the best yeah. wrestlers are those who are themselves, but turned up to 11. Uh, yeah. So how did the, how did the little dance come about? Yeah. I, that's always entertaining. And I'll tell you, I was a little pissed off when Ethan Page mimicked yeah. you with it. it, it, it yeah, was man. Everybody's been, yeah. everybody's been mimicking me, man. You know, Ethan Page did it. <laughs> Evil Uno did it. John Moxley tried to do it. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way, to John Moxley and his beautiful wife, Renee, on their Absolutely. birth of their beautiful baby. Mm. Yep. Uh, John's a great man, a great opponent, great, a great person to learn from in the ring for sure. Um, but the dance, man, I, I always thought, you know, like, there's always been things that wrestlers do in the ring that, that yep. you know, whether it's this or mm -hmm. this or, you know, when Eddie used to do this, you know, like it's just yep. a, a, a lot of things that wrestlers. And I just thought, man, you know, I used, I used to, you know, point the, the rifle up because of my military background and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do something that, that kids can do, you know, that, you yep. know, something fun, you know. And I can't remember when it was. I think I had did a dive one time at New Japan or at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, the United Wrestling Network. I flew over the top, did a dance, and I landed, and I was just, it just, it was in the moment. I just got up, and I was just feeling myself, you know. Yeah. And then I got, to, I got to the back, and and you know, David Marquez was like, "That's it, keep that dance." Yeah, that was it. And, I was like, "All right." And it's like I said earlier, any little thing to stand out, and I think you're yeah. doing a great job of all of it. And, and interesting... then I thought about, you know, when you when you think video games, every every character in the video game has a certain taunt that they do, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, I want mine when you push that button, you know, you, just, you know, so cool. interestingly enough, yeah. I was watching some random shit from 1986 last night with Coco Beware and he kind of would do the bird thing, but he had a little yeah. shimmy like yours, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. But uh, yeah, speaking of, you know, and on top of the video game, man, being mm. part of the All Elite GM mobile game app, that was yeah. pretty cool for me. That was a milestone of my career being announced to virtual basements, Russell code video game and doing the motion capture for all those, you know, for that game, that's going to be dope. I'm excited to be a part of that as well. Um, PWI announced me this year as the one to watch. So it's just been a lot of things that I've been doing, checking things off my bucket list, my goal list, if you will. Um, and just, and just rocking and rolling, riding this wave of momentum and not stopping. Man. I want to be able to do this shit for the rest of my life. You Hell know? Yeah. It's Wednesday. I'm in a jacuzzi chilling. Yep. Yep. Well, I got one more question and then we'll go to Bo's lightning round and wrap it up. But you mentioned goals. What are your biggest goals and kind of where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Um, well, for me, goal wise, you know, I kind of want to just continue to grind, you know, become a household name, become a star, if you will, just continue to have the best match possible, be remembered um, with my innovation, my creativity, my charisma. Um, I don't want to stop. I don't want to settle until I feel like I'm where I belong. And I feel like there's a long way to go, but I love the process. I love the struggle. I love the grind and you know, nothing's going to stop me. Hell yeah. I'd say you're well on your way, brother. Well, uh, Hey, I'm going to toss it over to Bo and he'll hit you with this lightning round and we'll get you out of here.
All right. So uh, we'll uh, condense it. It'll actually be like lightning. It'll be fast. And uh, be careful since you're in a pool. Don't get electrocuted. Oh, um, no, no. <laughs> so, um, all right. So um, how'd you come up with the name Danny Limelight? Um, actually, that was a, a name that I came up with with a friend of mine, Jew Diz, who was somebody that was wrestling in SoCal. I was thinking of a name, and I wanted it to, to basically be what Limelight is. I wanted it to really stand out. I wanted it to be something that if you saw it on flyers or on pay-per-view, you know, you'd be drawn to it. Um, I wanted it to be marketable, you know, merchandise, stuff like that. So uh, Danny's my name. So I figured that was going to be a part of it. And then Limelight, you know, was a club in New York City that you could only get to if you was hot, you know, if you was, if you cool. was that guy. So. Very cool. All right. So um, we do have a list of alternate nicknames that I came up for you. So okay. uh, I'll read them off. All right. So they're all sort of um, Danny orange fluorescent. <laughs> and we got Danny grapefruit led. And my, my personal favorite, cause it rhymes Danny tangerine fuse box. He did not run any of these by me either. This is the genius of Beaumont. I, I think Rams it's here. safe. I think it's safe to say that Danny Limelight sounds better than all those names that you just listed. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep Danny Limelight, but I appreciate your recommendations. All right. So um, big Spider-Man fan, I can tell you got, yes. the, got, the, got the spider. That's where um, the radioactive poppy came from, which that was gonna be one of my questions, but you answered it, so that's awesome. Um, so uh, I have an analogy question. We're gonna roll through that. Um, if Darby Allen is the Hobgoblin and Sting is the Green Goblin and Tony Schiavone is Craven the Hunter and Jim Ross is the Kingpin and Penta is Venom and Ray Phoenix is Carnage and Ethan Page is very upset and Matt and Shane are both Mysterio and Cody Rhodes is also Kingpin then what does that make you? Spider-Man. I... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the correct answer was Groot. Oh, man. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> cool. And um, we have last the two most important questions. The uh, first one, you already didn't answer why the radioactive poppy. I'm glad it's the Spider-Man thing because I don't think you're radioactive at all. I, I, I like being around you. And, uh, <laughs> and so what um, originally, I, I guess, I had the idea of what wrestling wise would make your 2021 but you know we can expand that just to just to life in general. What would make your 2021 if something hasn't made it already? Oh man, I've I've had an amazing year so far. Um, mm -hmm. I'm the type that says a prayer and then goes gets what I prayed for. Yeah. Um, I I put the work in to get what I want from life, so, and, I, and I can't complain. I don't have no complaints. I, I really have been living the life that I dreamed up this last year. It's been a blessing. I've been able to spend so much more time with my daughter. You know, be able to do things with her that I haven't been able to do before. I'm watching her grow over the last year has been amazing. She's been doing great in her own career. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I, I'm happy. You know, I, I don't have no complaints about life right now. I think that obviously there's, there can always be more. But mm -hmm. if we focus on the more that we want and not about what we already have, we tend to forget what we have. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm not complacent, but I'm very happy. Way yeah. it, 100%. Love it. Love well, it. Uh, and I've got one more of those. Uh, Alex or Marvez? That's the same person, though. <laughs> or is that I like Alex Marvez. Shout out, shout out to Alex Marvez. He's a great guy, man. He oh, he's, he's, we had yeah, him on here you, yesterday. Yeah. We talked to him yeah. for about an hour. Uh, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, um, hey, man, I, we'll get you out of here. I think that's about all we man, got. And I know I, you, I, you said you got another interview. So uh, Yeah, I appreciate you guys bringing me on, man. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for everybody listening. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Danny Limelight, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Danny Limelight. Um, let's do this again, man. Stay safe, all right? Heck okay. yeah. Keep doing right. your thing, Danny, and we look forward to seeing more of you out there. Enjoy the jacuzzi. Right. Take care, Bye. brother. Later. Cool. So, yeah, now I'm dying to know. What's the other nickname? All right. <laughs> the human Geiger counter. Oh, the human Geiger counter. And actually, you had told me this one, I guess, like weeks ago yeah. at this point. And I'd kind of forgotten about it. So, for me, who didn't know initially, and now I do... What is a Geiger counter? It's an instrument that measures radiation. Mm. You, you, you've seen HBO Chernobyl, right? I have. They use those all the time yes. in there to detect the levels of radiation on yes. the site. So, yeah, you've seen Geiger counters oh, used yeah. in film. Yeah. We could have used one when Lynch was here. There was all sorts of weird um, shit. Oh, yeah. It was, so, it, was, and like, it was so radioactive, one might even say it was toxic. <laughs> Goodness gracious, one might. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, my favorite was Tangerine Fuse Box. Yeah. Um, Daniel Tangerine Fuse Box. But yeah, what a fun dude, and uh, you know, thanks again, Danny Limelight, for joining us. Yeah. That was a blast. Yeah, no, it was a blast. He was a really, really cool guy. Glad he's making the rounds. You know, hope and expect nothing but the best for his career. And he's forward. our poppy now. He is our poppy. It was a poppy party, yeah. as we said. He is so. radioactive, but he is not toxic, neither toxic nor poisonous. But he is a poppy, he is just a poppy. like us. Mm. And uh, interesting that one of his influences was Eddie Guerrero, who also went by Poppy. And, yeah. you know, you see a little of the rock in him, too, which was his other. So, yeah. yeah, good shit, good times, good people. Good people. Good wrestling. Yeah, fun. Fun stuff. All right. AEW Dynamite 61821, multiples of three. BBB. Exciting. So one thing, I, I guess, disclaimer before we started this. We yeah. didn't watch it together on Friday. No. Um, and uh, so basically, I watched, you started watching it last night, fell asleep. So I decided to start watching it all over again while at work. Yeah. And so I watched it all. I've watched all of this on mute, except for the main event. So you're going to get my POV from that. That's what I want. Yeah, disclaimer. So I started watching it Friday at literally like 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. Lee and I watched The Big Lebowski yeah. and just kind of fucked around. It was a crazy like tornado warning here. So we were like sitting out on the porch watching the storm. It was awesome. But yeah, yeah started it late. Watched probably the first 45 minutes and then watched the rest like Saturday afternoon. So I did look up some notes, but similarly... I don't have everything here, no. so uh, let's giddy up and go then, partner, Yeehaw. and let's start it. Oh, woo! Dynamite is rodeo. Yeah, dynamite is rodeo. Sorry, <laughs> psych. Uh, so we kick it off uh, with the MMA rules cage match in which Jake Hager defeats Wardlow by referee's decision in the second round. Yeah. Your observations. Okay, so I thought the whole setup was pretty cool. Okay. Um, I liked how it was shot like an MMA match. I yeah. liked the timer. You know, I, I just sort of like the, the, the dressing. The presentation. Yes, yes, yes of, of the MMA match. Um, Heck yeah. My first question I wrote is how real is this? And I know you said that people on Twitter were like, ooh, that's fucking real. Yeah. But, um, you know, I still, like, believed it. My, my, I was able to suspend my disbelief sure. just enough to be able to, like, watch it like an MMA match. Sure. But with these characters I've grown to know. Yes. And um, 
Yeah, in and the, a few in, wrestling moves, and I loved Wardlow doing the Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Just seeing that in the cage really geeked yeah. me out. No, yeah, and see, yeah, seeing a lot of those sort of yeah wrestling moves. Like he in did a power city. bomb. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that people and I, you know, for me, but I enjoyed it too. It was yeah. fun for what it was. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and hate on it because it wasn't real enough. Like it was pro wrestling in an octagon. I, and and I guess like if I guess I, if I can come up with one knock on it, it would be. This is not the definitive match between Hager and Wardlow. Correct. You know, I don't think this, like, ends the feud or tips the feud in Hager's favor. And just now because, they're 1-1. One, one. Yeah, now so. they're 1-1. One, one. So, you know, obviously we're getting a rubber match here at some point Correct. again. But, um, you know, that's my only knock I on it. It the, didn't feel definitive at all. I think the biggest gripe for me was the punching. Yeah. You know, like, the punching, they were throwing wrestling punches and yeah. they just... Didn't look great. Right. I mean, I feel like they could have laid them in a little more stiff, like you yeah. see in New Japan. Because, like, you know, the submissions and things like that looked like it would in an MMA fight. Because yeah. Hager is a legit MMA fighter, and clearly Wardlow has seen enough and could, you know, play that role. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. It, yep. was, it was entertaining. Uh, you know, it's not like my expectations were high, but, yeah, a lot of people were shitting on it, but, hey, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, like, you know, the punches, I'll, I'll give it that. Um, and sort of just the, the end result. But, I mean, just how it happened, kind of what happened at the end, whenever, um, what's-his-face, Spears yeah. came in and interfered, and then here came Jericho Yeah, in. so Because Jericho was in Hager's corner, correct. and then Spears was in Wardlow, which I thought was a good time. Correct, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, as expected, Hager wins the match. Uh, Wardlow kind of passes out, referee's decision. I like how he flipped off Jericho before he did yeah. it, too. That was cool. But yeah, you knew some shenanigans were going to break out. And the Spears, I believe, first attacked Hager. And then Jericho came in and MJF attacked Jericho. Yeah. He took Jericho's brace off his arm, put him in the salt of the earth arm break, arm yeah. bar. And then babyface hero Sammy Guevara coming for the save. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just further sowing the seeds of this feud that we've talked about both on and off air is going to start splintering into all these different matches. And yeah. I'm excited. And we get, um, I guess, we'll go ahead and say this, MJF and Sammy, which, which is we've one been we, waiting for for a while. Yeah, we've talked about for many, many months. I mean, yes. even forecasted that this could have happened at Double or Nothing way back when, or maybe even Revolution. I don't know, but... Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's official now for June 30th. Like, that's a pay-per-view worthy level match. Yeah. And you've got Guevara and his first kind of big babyface singles match. And, I mean, just the way he's being presented on Dynamite, like we've talked about it. He's got babyface big star written all for over. For sure. And, yeah, you got to love to see it. Another thing, MJF punched Dean Malenko, yeah. which was uh, interesting. And JR yelled out, son of a bitch! Always fun. Yeah. But yeah, Dean Malenko was classic old rival of Jericho's and WCW, and now they're they're buddies. But uh, yeah, so then we get a brief thing with Team Taz telling Ricky Stalks that he needs to fix his issues with Cage. He goes on to challenge Hangman on behalf of Powerhouse Hob next week. Um, that should be fun. Yeah, that should be, yeah, excited. And always love Team Taz. Hook, looking tough, looking cool. He's got to wrestle soon. He needs to. Yeah. All right, in the two-on-one handicap match, the man of the year, which is very upset, all ego, Ethan Page, and your boy, Scorpio Season Sky, defeat your boy, Darby Allen in 11 minutes, 58 seconds. This was great. This was such a fun handicap match, and the, obviously the right team won. They made you think 
Darby was going to win it a few times, but the right thing happened, and it was very entertaining and very well worked. Yeah, they threaded a good needle here. They threaded the needle by making sort of you think Darby was going to win, but also presenting the futility of sort of him going up against them. Yeah. Like both those elements were present throughout the match, and one didn't kind of snuff out the other. Yeah. Like you could, they kind of juggled both at the same time, and I thought that was one of the stronger um, features. Of I it. think that is great analysis there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, obviously Ethan and Scorpio early on dominated, but what really ultimately turned the tide was Darby tying Ethan Page's feet together <laughs> with zip ties. <laughs> Which resulted in him maybe being as upset as he's been in during his yeah, AEW he, well, tenure. He, he was helpless. I mean, we've never really seen him in such a position. No. You know, and so I think that would just dig deep down to, you know, his very um, shuddering, you know, fire red core, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, so I guess we'll go ahead and talk about this now. Let's we, talk about we, it. I was watching Dynamite at work, on mute, yeah. and I think perhaps this was something, I, and you know, it shows many shots of Ethan Page. He's of got course. Wide eyed, like amazing <sighs> facial expressions. You know, he's just, so great. Yeah, and so there was one where it's just kind of a profile shot, and he's just wide eyed and angry. And so I take the picture, I get on Twitter, and I'm like, all right, you know, what what what, did I, what exactly did I, I say? Think Un- you, unquestionably, yes. the most upset in AEW. Ethan Page, and I tweet, and then I tagged his Twitter handle. Then immediately, quote tweet. Yeah, quote tweets. He's like, "I'm a really angry. I'm boy. a very angry boy." Yeah, the, the thing stands. I know Ricky Starks did a good push last week, yeah. but dethrone him. Ricky Starks at least dethroned him for one week, but yeah. there's a weekly title, and then there's just the title, yeah, and yeah. no one's dethroning Ethan Page. Yeah, like good it, luck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that move reminiscent of Toro Yano in New Japan. We have to watch a Yano match because he's just straight comedy. Yeah. And he'll tie people up and shit like that. Just great stuff. Yeah. And this reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, so Ethan Page ended up, the resourceful Ethan Page ends up finding a toolbox underneath the ring and cuts himself free. Yeah. All the while he's tied up, Darby's just going ape shit on Scorpio Sky, you know, yeah. just hitting all kinds of crazy moves. I think he hit him with the. Uh, coffin drop coffin at drop, one point yeah. that when his when Paige's feet were still tied, he got him. Then he cut out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then he ultimately ended up hitting him with oh. the ego's edge as well. Yeah, well, and on that pin too, like whenever he pins Scorpio season after that coffin drop, you know, very upset. That's when he gets free, yanks him out of the oh, ring. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like whenever someone yanks like a tablecloth off a table. Yeah, it was very swift. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably a function of his level of upsetness. Upset. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the ego's edge for the win. And yeah, just a fun, entertaining match. Um, and but curious, is the feud over? I doubt it. But like, where do we go from here? We've already done the tag match. Darby told Sting to stay home. I guess they could do singles matches. Yeah, but... I mean, I'm sure Sting is going to get involved or get retaliation against those guys. Yeah. you know, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really enjoyed the feud, but would also not mind seeing. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, you know, go for the tag titles. Obviously, that'd be heel, heel versus heel, but a lot of potential with those two, especially very upset Ethan Page. Big time. No doubt about it. And then we get, a, speaking of comedy matches, Orange Cassidy defeats Caesar Banana in 5 minutes and 14 seconds in what could be best qualified as a straight-up comedy match. Oh, yeah, and um, <coughs> one thing that we mentioned, I think, a couple weeks back, 
was um, whenever the Jobber, Jobber Club cut yep. a, cut that promo, mm -hmm. and then Caesar Bananas in the back and puts his hands on their shoulders and leans in like, I'm going to whoop your ass, yeah. or, you know. He has a black eye, yeah. he, which I think is so perfect because it makes him look like such losers. Yeah. Like he just got beat up yeah. and they're still cutting this promo. <laughs> Gotta love these guys because they're, oh, yeah. because they are like, you know, their whole like stable is like so confident. Absolutely. Cocky, and you just know that they're not going to yeah. win this shit. They're the jobber club. But yeah, yeah you got to love the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the, I, like this development is the get up. Yeah. 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 And they're on being the elite too. Like the Hollywood hunk's been killing it on being being the elite yeah. he'll like ask people questions or the answer is him mm -hmm. like who played this very obscure role in this commercial because i guess he's got a bit of an and it's just funny shit. yeah so yeah love those guys they're a ton of fun uh what did they do they sprayed orange with like tanner i think spray tan yeah, yeah. making him even more orange ha 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 they put like a jacket on him they combed his hair and then eventually the best friends and Chris Statlander came in and they like chucked Orange on top of the Jobber Club. And then I feel like all hell had broke loose at ringside and Orange hit the Orange Punch for the win. So, you know, fun little uh, comedy match with no feud really at stake. But interesting to note that, you know, we made such a big deal out of uh, Orange Cassidy coming out of Double or Nothing where Callus pulled him off Kenny. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, hit watch. Yeah. No follow-up on that yet. Not yet. I mean, I know Kenny's still doing his thing and got, but like no, no mention, you know, Orange hasn't really stated anything since that match. Yeah. So, and I mean, I guess, you know, the question is who's it going to be after Jungle Boy? Yeah. You know, like, could it be him? Is it going to be like Pac again? I feel like it'll be one of those two. Yeah. We'll, we'll get their like one-on-one -on -one rematch with them. Yeah. I mean, we got Andrade back Andrade, in the fold yeah. now, which I, I mentioned one time I thought that match may have been this month with him and Kenny in Mexico, but it's not till August. Ah. So I'm guessing they probably won't wrestle in AEW before then, okay. since that's already set. But yeah, um, we shall see. I mean, I think, just looking ahead very briefly to All Out, I think it could be Hangman in a loss. Yeah. But I feel like, I think that's, that's the direction I'd want to see. You know, I've said it a lot. I want to see Hangman get the title shot, lose... And then rise up and win it, you know, at like Revolution next right. year. But yeah, interesting stuff to monitor. Um, so then we get Glasses Marvezilus. Marvezilus is pretty good. Yes. Interviewing Jungle Boy before being quickly interrupted by Kenny, Dan Callis, and Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, that, that, that leech. Yeah, that. <laughs> Leach, who tried to get Marvez to send him a Miami Dolphins jersey. <laughs> That's one of the most underrated things. He's just cutting him down. <laughs> just ripping on Callus. Hopefully one of these days he calls him Dan on air. I'll shit my pants. Oh, man. I will. I think... I mean, I think that that is this point, or that is the point where this podcast achieves transcendence. Yeah. Like, where it will make itself from here on out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but Kenny said he's not in a suit because he wants to fight Jungle Boy right here, right there. Jungle Boy said he'd rather beat him in the ring for the title next week. And uh, Kenny kind of steps in and says, I'm going to give you a free shot, kid. And then Nakazawa from behind with the laptop. Mm -hmm. They scuffle. You know, Jungle Boy ends up getting a few punches. And then Kenny jumps in the golf cart and they're gone and they leave Nakazawa behind. Yeah. But. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. 
But a fun little scuffle prior to their title match, which will be on Saturday, which I'm sure is just going to be an awesome match. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I will say this. I think... The promos have kind of like, there hasn't really been as much like juice in them. Yeah. It's like, you know, Kenny and Mox or Kenny and like a Kingston or something like that. Because Jungle Boy is a pretty, like, you know, baby face, pretty nice. And it like hasn't really settled into like, this is what my sort of character's personality is. This yeah. is what I am at like an 11 when yep. I need to be. Um, but I'm, but I guess what I mean to say is I'm really excited for just the in-ring Absolutely. stuff that's going to happen between these guys. In-ring Jungle Boy is outstanding he could definitely use a lot of work on the mic still but that'll come i think he just turned 24 like last week like the day after our marvez interview where we talked about marvez city had what 80 matches already the most Most of any yeah yeah. so sky's the limit for jungle boy uh he's not going to win this one but he's going to be a future world champ and i'd like to see him get the tnt title at some maybe he beats miro yep anywho uh, then we have Matt Hardy, who says he wants to retire Christian Cage, who he has behind a cage, and he hands him a check, and he refuses it. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Marvez was there, and I called him Double Duty Marvez. Oh, okay. He was okay. there back to back. Heck you know? yeah. So you got another nickname there. Mascara Man. Marvezalus is pretty good. Um, and then we get uh, the debut of Brock Anderson and Cody Rhodes defeating... The factory representatives of Aaron Solo and QT Marshall mm-hmm. in 10 minutes and one second. Your impressions of young Brock Anderson. Oh, Brock, the Greek letter Anderson. You know, um, out of this feud that we've said it, that's just been kind of spinning its wheels even since Double or Nothing. Um, this was probably my favorite match in a while from this mm-hmm. feud. You know, this one was fun. Brock had a lot of energy. He was, as I wrote, chomping at the bit. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought this was a pretty fun, you know, high energy match. You know, you could, you know, like a lot of fun hot tags, especially mm. with Anderson. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I was, um, you know, I was impressed. Yeah. I... Um, there was one move whenever he has, um, I think QT Marshall in the corner, and he kept kneeing him. Oh, it, looked, yeah. it looked a little weird to yeah, me. That was great. He was going in on him pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it, just like kind of how he was gyrating him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, now that you mention it, like I didn't recall that, but now I do. And yeah, pretty funny. Well, yeah, it just was, you know, very like steady and awkward. It was yeah. almost like very you know, deliberate. Very deliberate, yeah. I wrote classic, solid, old school match. Mm-hmm. Brock looked very fundamentally set. You know, he did all the little things right. You could tell he's the son of a legendary wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doesn't really have a unique look and feel like he could put on a little bit of weight. He was yeah. pretty skinny and, yeah. I mean, feel like he could grow into that frame a little yeah. bit. But I agree. Impressed with the guy. He had some fire. Cody was doing Cody things, you know, getting a hot tag. There was a time Brock went for the tag or made the tag and the ref didn't see it and then they got teamed up you know just classic old school shit there's utah jazz center greg oster tag <laughs> that's correct <laughs> i'm so sad they lost but so happy the nets are out yeah i digress yeah. um yeah it was also interesting because arn anderson was such a proponent of the spine buster yeah. but qt marshall hit brock with the spine buster mm-hmm. i'm thinking we may see brock doing the spine buster at some point uh, but he wins it with a clever little jackknife cover on Aaron Solo there as he kind of flipped him over Roll up, and tucked mm-hmm. the legs. And uh, we had proud Papa Andy Reid coming in for the big hug after the match. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, at least something, you know, I think we said it last week, a little more spice to this. Well, well and some more emotional, 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 <laughs> yeah, some more emotional investment from the audience because, like, you cared about Brock winning the first match in front of his dad. Emotional. Coming off Father's Day, you know. Emotional, um, you know, kind of a lot of, like, stuff like that kind of made this match a little bit easier to get kind of emotionally into. Except it was before Father's Day just because you watched it after. <laughs> We're keeping this in. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, big emotional Father's Day victory for Brock Anderson on Friday. Father's Day weekend and Monday. Emotional. <laughs> Love it. So we get good old JR with Andrade El Idolo, who basically, which I know he's just learning English and actually sounded pretty good. I mean, they still had the subtitles for him. He slotted some of it in Spanish, but, you know, basically says he's a superstar and he's dressed the part, you know. He deserves an opportunity for both the TNT and AEW world titles and that he and Vicky are cooking up a surprise. Ooh, in so, the kitchen. Yeah, right in the kitchen with Ryan Cook and uh, looking forward to whatever this surprise is and looking forward to seeing Andrade. I mean, you know, as we talked about, they're going to slow burn him a little bit, but uh, I'm sure we're going to see this surprise here in the coming weeks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, you know... After that match against Gargano, definitely mm. looking forward to yes. it. Yes, and most definitely his debut match whenever against whomever. For so. sure. Yes, and then we have our buddy Marvez with Hangman, with a beer, with the Dark Order, who accepts the match against Powerhouse Hobbs, and then he kind of goes around to all the Dark Order members and... Yeah. You know, talking about Ten's great performance last week and Evil Uno's great performance against me. Just fun, fun stuff. And we had Silver popping off again. Yeah, like doing this Just fun, great, fun Dark Order shit. Oh, yeah, and really nice moment for Evil Uno when they yeah. put him up on their yes. shoulders. Yeah, that yeah. made me you know, pretty, pretty happy, pretty uh, into love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah, great shit. Love the Dark Order. Love Hangman. Yeah, glad they're kind of still like... Yeah, they're just still aligned. In, in, in each other's orbit. Yeah, he's you know? essentially in the Dark Order, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But uh, love it. You know, more of it. I want some more of it. And Penelope Ford, the super bad girl, defeats the cheerleader, Julia Hart, in seven minutes, eight seconds. And I feel like a commercial cut out, you know, it was about half this match. You come back, Julia Hart hits like two clotheslines, and that's the only thing I can remember her doing, yeah. other than losing. No, I called her Orlando Magic Girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was the one person whose name I could not remember, yeah. so I just read Orlando Magic Girl. Yeah. I think she maybe had been on Dynamite when we were away yeah, and you I, weren't I, watching. Yeah, well, I, I think I'd seen her before and she looked familiar, but I had no idea. She, yeah. Wasn't even going to try. Oh, either. yeah. You yeah. didn't have the sound on, so <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. But, uh, and then the good old Pip Ford. Pip Ford, yeah. No Kip. He's, he's hurt. <laughs> Haven't really seen her since the fucking wedding yeah not too much she was around in the and again arcade anarchy match which you didn't see but uh you know good to see penelope I, she's a good wrestler she's attractive um julia hart again you know i think i read she's 19 you know she really yeah she looks she looked like she could do a little bit in the ring and just in general it's good for the varsity blondes to have her with them too because yeah. it's just kind of another figure for that group yeah. which you know, they're jobber high graduates and have yeah. been quickly rising up the ranks. And now we're going to get Pillman and Miro for the TNT title. Yeah, no, that was really, like, like Pillman, you know, came at him. Yeah. Because he tosses Garrison out yeah. of the ring Mi after the match. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. And then, and then Pillman just came at him. Yeah. Just wailing. And then all the refs Big get addled scuffle. out. yeah. Yeah, had to pull him apart. One thing I did like was um, in the pin, they had this really kind of crazy shot whenever... 
um, Pip had her pinned down and her, she was like upside down. Yeah. And this, you could see her face upside. It, it was like disorienting and kind of a yeah, fun, weird. The submission move, she kind of like flips over and yeah, her head's like backwards. Yeah, and she backwards kind of laughing and being very emotive. Yeah. Like there was just a lot going on there. And you know, the match was, you know, fairly short, a little slow, but yeah. like that kind of ending was uh, very like visually rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff indeed. Uh, but yeah, Miro versus... Uh, Pillman should be a lot. Actually, we were just talking about before this who's the next one to challenge him, and we'd forgotten that this is happening. So yeah. we will be cheering on our local guy, Brian Pillman Jr. Coxie Heights. Courtsy Hortz. Okay, and then we had, and you probably, oh, well, real quickly, there was a Brit and Brit Rebel and Vicky Guerrero promo, which basically just set up. Britain Rebel against Vicky and Nyla Rose on the June 30th Dynamite, which I'm sure will set up Brit versus Nyla yeah. in a one-on-one match for the title gotcha. at some point. Um, and then we had, and again, if you didn't have sound, it was a really good FTR Santana and Ortiz video package, just kind of like chronicling each of their stories and their careers and how they both think they're the best. And again, as we've talked, this match is coming soon. Probably... You know, in one of these next crop of dynamites as they start going live again yeah. and on Wednesdays. So it should be exciting. Gonna be great. Um, an announcement of the September twenty second dynamite headed to New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium. That ought to please our buddy Greg Goldman. Because it's straight up in Queens. He yeah. ain't gonna have to go far. No, he hates AEW, but yeah. Maybe he can get his lazy ass up there. Who knows? <laughs> Out of that sweltering apartment he lives in. Ugh. And uh, then we had Jade Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling, who they're calling him now. Uh, I don't even remember what all he was saying, but he was great in this. Uh, Jade, not the best talker in the world. Well, I, has but that's one, why she's got him. Yeah, you has know? one, you know, little middle C. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm she's, that she's, bitch. She's like, you know, now listen, like, you know. Let me, let me let me dredge up a good impression. I don't know. She's just like, now listen, I'm not going to take none of your nonsense. You know, just kind of that always just like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Kind of. I'm that and, bitch. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna beat your ass. Yeah, and like she was really fun. Like whenever she had that big premiere moment with Cody. Yeah. Talking about yeah Shaq. on the Britt yeah. Baker show, yeah, whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, called. we, we really need her character to kind of go through stuff and develop and evolve. But I love Smart Mark Sterling. I mean, he's just like the monetization. You know, he just geeks me the fuck out. But. uh yeah, let's. You said it last week. Let's just see her fight. Yeah, I'm tired of these segments. Other than Smart Mark Sterling, he's tight. But yeah, let's see her fight. <laughs> Main event time, where the Good Brothers of Doc Allows and Carl Anderson, along with Matt Jackson of the Unbucks, with Brandon Cutler, defeat Eddie Kingston, Frankie Kazarian, and Penta L. Sierra Mieto with Alex Abrahantes who Alex Marvez does not want to face in a rap battle in 14 minutes and two seconds. And again, I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record with the Young Bucks since they turned heel. I love it. I mean, it's so entertaining. I mean, I know they're just cheap, prick, asshole, look greasy, disgusting, wearing these Jordans. Oh, yeah, Matt Jackson, I thought, looked like the biggest tool in that stupid leather hat and those jeans. I was just like... God, and, and then the Good Brothers come out in their butt rock gear, you know, and JR's Carl like, look, he's like, they look like pirates, and JR is talking. Yeah. I feel like Doc Gallows looked like a pimp, kind of. <laughs> Didn't he have, like, a cane and a... Oh, he does. He, he's trying to dress like Slash or yeah. some dumb shit like that. But, like, yeah, like, 
God, like like when Matt Jackson came at it, like just in your brain, you're just like, fuck and, you. And when I like, say I love it, that's why, you yeah, know, exactly. because they've, so le- they've leaned into this heel yeah. shtick that, you know, guys like our buddy Azar and, you know, many, many others are just like, these guys are just not cool enough to be, ba- but like, you can lean into this just yeah. bullshit and they're doing it so well. And the match ends with Nick coming out of the crowd with the aerosol can, which yeah. has become their thing. I think it was Penta, and then Carl Anderson comes in for the super cutter for the one, two, three, and just a fun, entertaining match. I'm pretty chaotic throughout as yeah, well. Yeah, especially when it kind of got got there at the end. Yeah, whenever, you know, people were like coming whoop, in and whoop, out. Whoop, whoop, yeah, whoop. yeah, very much like that. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite moments was when um, Penta and Eddie Kingston and Kazarian all rode out on Matt Jackson. I think they had the Good Brothers out of the ring for some yeah. reason, and they were just all like. Doing these big, like, you know, suplexy, pile yeah. drivey moves, just boom, just one, one after, after the, the next. Yeah, yeah. T- taking him out of the match for a little bit. Yep. That was fun. Another thing that I enjoyed, um, Dan Callis is growing on me on commentary <laughs> because he always, like, talks up opposing wrestlers in sort of like a, you can tell it's a little facetious and in character, but it's in, like, such a knowledgeable and respectful oh, way. Yeah, dude. Where he mentioned, like, Kazarian specifically, he was like, he's not a good wrestler, but a great wrestler. He has no holes in his game. And I, yeah. and I just thought that was really, uh, you know, like, thoughtful. But also, like, you know, he's just kind of saying that so that whenever they ultimately win, yeah. they beat, you know, really good people. Yeah, but I know. think more than anything, it is genuine. And like I've told you, and you, I maybe watched one match, but Callis did color commentary for New Japan for like two years and was really fucking good. You know, he wasn't as big a heel as he is in AEW because he's such a character on the show. But he was kind of like Bobby the Brain Heenan from Royal... You know, he favored the heels but could still talk good. He's just a really good commentator, but just a fucking leech. He is. Lecherous. But yeah, fun match, chaotic, a lot going on. Uh, This is as good as Carl Anderson's looked since he's been in AEW. Oh yeah, no, he like you know definitely was probably him and Penta were probably yeah both of those MVPs in the match. Yep, those are the two I had written, and like I've maybe mentioned, Carl Anderson made like a 2012 G1 final in New Japan against like was an awesome singles wrestler over there. But ever since the Good Brothers have been together, even when it was New Japan and then WWE and Impact, yeah. he hasn't really gotten much of a chance to shine. And just seeing this match, I'm like, man, I miss this guy when he was in New Japan. Not that I was watching at that time, but like he's got it. Yeah. And I love to see it. And yeah, Penta also, continuing with the Joker gear, love him. I mean, you know, he's always been one of my favorite guys. And Kingston's always a blast, and I just I like the new direction for Frankie Kazarian. Yeah. It's fresh, you know. He's got an enemy. He's got you know, friend of my friend is my enemy. You know all this shit. So, yeah, good stuff. And you know the shithead cheap heel win again by the Young Bucks. And uh, what's gonna happen next? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. And I think you know whenever we talk about how the you sort of like the Bucks being heels. I think this feeling attests that I'm really getting tired of seeing these guys and the Good Brothers beating up on like the Mox, uh, Eddie Kingston, Penta Regiment. Yeah. You know that that gr- group of people. Like I'm getting really tired of them getting these cheap wins, and it's sort of been a few that sort of cycled and recycled itself with different members and different sorts of like you yep. know uh, tag matches. Yeah. But um, you know, like I'm really getting kind of tired of it, and I think that you know speaks to sort of how good they are as heels. I think it's the good kind of tire. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. And, you know, I, I also wrote down, just where is the elite storyline headed here? Because you're right, it has kind of been a cycle of moving parts of, like, f- 
five to seven different guys. Oh, yes. Since winter is coming, yeah. almost, I feel like. So, and again, I've been very entertained by it, but it, there hasn't been at least a ton of direction. But, hey, I'm along for the ride, and I'm enjoying it. But you're right. I mean, something's got to give at some point yeah. with all this. Well, we, we talked about there has to be a new number one contender for tag team, and it's pretty wide open at yeah, this point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, along with most of these Friday nights, I think this one, again, this was a very solid show. You know, there wasn't a match that blew you away, or a, but just everything was pretty good. There was nothing that was bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was a pretty average show. Um, good main event. I liked how the cage match opened it up. Yeah. Like, if that were close to the main event, I think, you know, those flaws would have really shown a little I agree. bit more later in the show. But, um no, I think like, you know, sort of a, a undercard slash midcard that's kind of forgettable. But, you know, that's sort of, you know, what these Friday night shows have been. And hopefully the Saturday night with Jungle Boy, they put a lot of stock into that because there's going to be a title fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And Hangman Page and yes. Powerhouse Hobbs will be good. And then, yeah, we've already got for the 30th, MJF and Sammy Guevara. Can't wait for that do, one. So Do you uh, think Saturday is going to be like Cage full face turn? Will that occur? Um, you know, it very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be coming unless they do kind of patch things up, but I feel like he's turning face. Yeah. Like, and it could be, you know, in support of Hangman. Yeah. It know? very well could yeah. be. That is an interesting quip. Yep. Um, I hope Kenny beats Jungle Boy cleanly. You know, like he needs to establish, you know, enough of the bullshit. Yeah, and Jungle Boy's going to be a good enough match where you don't need that to make exactly. it entertaining. Yeah, so in a situation like that, I don't want to see any bullshit antics. Yeah. But we shall see. I'll be out of town for it, but I'm sure I'll be watching it first thing when I get home Sunday, trying my best to avoid spoilers. And, uh, yeah, I guess we may as well say it. We're likely going to combine... Saturday's Dynamite with the June 30th Dynamite since it goes Saturday, Wednesday and yeah. get an episode out hopefully before July 4th Yeah, for kind of the next uh, thing. Yeah, we've kind of been off our schedule because of these interviews, but hey, I think it's a great time to be a part of the BBBs. You Absolutely. know, like, like things have been going pretty good for us, so. Oh man, it's Goldman. Uh, I guess we, I guess we did tell him to call back after the Marvez interview. Yeah. Do you think he knows about Limelight? Well, uh, he seems to listen to the show fairly regularly. Religiously. <laughs> yeah, religiously. So, no reason to think he doesn't know. He's going to be mad about it and annoying. Yeah, I know, but let's just let it happen, dude. Relax. Sure, yeah. Hey, Greg, what's up, man? Hey, Brett Beaumont, how the fuck are you? Hey, we're doing all right. Yeah, can't complain, I guess. Hey, so, so like, when are we going to talk to this, uh, what's it, like, like, Donnie Limelight fella, right? That Brooklyn son of a bitch. When are we talking to that guy? Hey, yeah, take it easy. Like, like, I know AEW sucks at all, but I'm like, I'm still getting in on this, right? Well, Greg. Well, we, uh, actually, we interviewed him last Wednesday. What? That was just how it shook down. We had to schedule it quickly and he was only available then. Sorry, dude. Yeah, Greg, uh. Yeah, to be honest, we didn't really have a lot of time to reach out, you know, let alone prep for the interview. And honestly, like, I've had quite a shitty past couple weeks as well. All right. All right. All right. Sure. I get it. I get it. Fuck. I get it. I get it. Besides, AW sucks anyway, say, right? Okay, then. 
Uh, great. Well, uh, Greg, it was uh, good talking to you. Hey, you boys, what, you, uh, you watch Hell in a Cell last night? Uh, uh, no, we did uh, not. Well, no. let me tell you, the show is absolutely shit, like fucking garbage. Like more garbage than that shit heat of a building I live in. You know, it's been hot as dicks up here in Queens. It's so hot. I sweated to my chest so goddamn hot I might as well have been a fucking upholster. I sweated so hard my fried eggs fried quicker than they usually do. <laughs> well. That's interesting, Greg, but uh, I'm curious a little more. What made Hell in a Cell so bad? Well, all right. So it wasn't as shit as Double or Nothing was, but like it was a big steaming pile of shit, like about as big of a pile of shit as I saw that bum out front take at the subway station on 36. And and the cherry, the, the fucking cherry on top is that that fucking the piece of shit Drew McIntyre. He lost again to Lashley. Like, it, OK, it's a Hell in a Cell match and there's a freaking a freaking distraction roll-up. Like, that is some of the stupidest booking I've ever seen. Drew deserves so much better. What is Lashley to do a freaking roll-up? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. sounds like it was... You know, look, I know all you AW marks, right? You're going to say that double or nothing was better. And even if Hell in a Cell got far better ratings, and hey, I'll give it to you, ratings mean shit. But let me tell you, they bumped Roman and Rey Mysterio from pay-per-view to regular TV. Roman and Rey Mysterio. That match could happen on fucking Father's Day. Do you know how big that story would have been? Like, they on SmackDown, they got over two million last night. Two fucking million. Get a load of that, you fucking mocks. So, should we care about ratings or not? I feel like you're sending mixed messages. All you know? right, Greg. Well, <laughs> looks like you've been doing your homework, man. Not homework. Not homework. Well, research. Okay, okay. Well... How about next week, since uh, since the Limelight interview happened so quickly, um, and, you know, we told you to give us a call back after the Marvez interview, that next week we'll have our first Greg Goldman WWE report incorporated into the show, edited, and, uh, you know, that'll give you more time to prepare and us to kind of talk over things. <laughs> Boys, I'm the biggest mock in the fucking planet. I don't need time to prepare. Well, you can have it, because that's what we're going to do. I know that, Beaumont. You literally just said that that was what you were going to do. I just felt it was necessary to drive the point home, you know. And All I... right. Next week, boys, you best be fucking ready for this shit. It's going to be magical. See ya. Well, that was a conversation with Greg Goldman. Yeah. Go with the flow, Beaumont. Great, great. What? Not Nothing. Just nothing.